everybody. This is Tina and Q with Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. Hello, Q. How are you, Tina? I'm good. I'm good. It's a good day. It's a little early for us, Q, but it's a good day. Oh, yes. So bright and early, Tina. Mm -hmm. Talking about good nurses and bad nurses at 10 (sighs) in the morning. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, especially since I was up kind of late last night doing the research for it, which was very disturbing. And actually, I didn't get a whole lot of sleep after reading about this. It was so awful. It really is. Not that any of them are wonderful, clearly. they're That's why they're bad stories. But this one was just... Yeah, I know. It was just exceptionally disturbing to me. Anyway, we'll get there. First, we're going to talk about the In the News story, which is about a story that Q did on his show, Q the Nurse, on YouTube. Yes. Yes, so, yes, yes. Do you yes. want to tell us about this, Q? Oh, yeah, I can break this down for you. So um, there's a story about a nurse that works in Vermont, a University of Vermont Medical Center. Mm-hmm. And she is Catholic and she does she does not want to be a part of any abortion procedures at all. Right. And this is something that she made clear to the hospital at, from day one. Mm-hmm. So this is important to know. From day one, from the get, she said, this is something I don't want to do. I do work in a labor and delivery setting, but this I'm just letting you guys know as the employer, getting hired, this is something that I don't want to be a part of, if at all necessary. And then last year, May 2018, after being told that she was, she comes into work, she gets told that she's going to be a part of her assignment in the morning when she's getting a report, she's told that she's going to be taking care of someone that had a miscarriage. But once she start, once she actually gets to the actual procedure room, she finds out that she discovers that the pa- the patient that she's going to take care of is getting an elective abortion, and this is horrible. This is really really bad news. But the situation gets even worse because she is told by her nurse manager that she needs to stay in there, even though this is something that she told the hospital ahead of time. I don't want to be a part of. She stays in the procedure. She gets the procedure done. I mean, they get the procedure done, and then she files. Uh, she speaks with the Office of Civil Rights and Health of Human Services. And now it's a huge case. And the Trump administration is now threatening to take money away from University of Vermont Medical Center. And if you didn't know how much it's actually, they have received $1.6 million in government funding in the past year. So um, it is a lot of money. This is a big case. It is super important. But that is uh, the crux of the story. As of right now, Mm -hmm. the hospital has not changed its policy. But as soon as the HHS Health of Human Services puts in the notice of violation, the hospital will have 30 days to change its policies before the funding gets taken away. What you're saying is the Department of Health and Human Services is saying you have to allow a nurse or an employee to be willing to work within their belief systems. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I I think I forgot to mention that part, which is super important. But yeah, so she's not doing it based on her religious beliefs, yeah. and so everything you said is a hundred percent. I mean, she, I mean, the reason she doesn't want to do it is because of her religious beliefs, right? Okay. But when she went to go do the procedure, the abortion that they lied to her about, first of all, mm-hmm. when she went into the procedure room, the nurse manager said that they didn't have enough staff at the time, so it was one of them situations. So that's why I'm a little. Do you believe that? That's my thing. I'm like, how can it's literally impossible because you could just ask any other nurse on the floor, switch assignments, yeah. right? At the end of the right. day, that's what you could that's like the easy fix to all of these crazy problems. I know. I don't understand it. It's almost like they were wanting it it feels like somebody wanted to put her in this position. That's just I mean, I don't know. It's in, I, I'm not saying that there's any evidence of that, but 
I can't believe that there wasn't another nurse that could have done this. That's like that's the crazy thing. That is the super crazy part because everyone starts a nursing shift at the same time. I don't understand why they couldn't just be like anyone else on the unit willing to take places for, I don't know, Q, Fatina, whatever here. She just doesn't want to be a part of this procedure. And it it is a legit complaint. It is a legit concern. Like if you don't believe in something. And I think we had this conversation. We had a conversation about when we were talking about, um, um, end of life care, which is called assisted suicide. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and like, if you were a nurse and you felt very uncomfortable with that procedure, mm-hmm. I would understand that. Like, I get it. You, I mean, as a nurse, yeah, you want to take care of these patients, but there's procedures and things that you might not be the biggest fan of. I can understand if you're not willing or do not want to take part in something like that. So I feel for the lady. I feel for the lady. And um, like I said, the UVM is... They're getting threatened to get the government funding taken away. That's so. really... Uh, so I did not think you and I were going to fall on the same side of this, but we ended up doing that. I I think that she... You, you really laid it out there perfectly because she obviously made it very clear up front what her beliefs are. If it is an emergent situation and it is, we really do need a nurse and you are the nurse available. That's the only... That's literally the only reason that has me yeah. torn. Because at the core of who I am, I'm like, yeah, you can have, you can, you can not want to do something. You can have your specific religious, spiritual, whatever beliefs. I'm one of those people, like at the end of the day, it does not matter what you believe. If a patient is in need and you have your nurse uniform on and you are clocked in, you need to do what you need to do to help that patient. If you believe in it, if you don't believe it, if you have weird feelings about it, I'm sorry. But at the end of the day, if indeed it is what the hospital says and she was the only she was the only available nurse, which is very hard to believe, then I do agree with the hospital. But that is a huge caveat that needs to be true for me to be on the side of the hospital. Yeah, I would want to see. I guess I would probably want to see the evidence of that. What? Yeah. What other situations were there in this hospital that you had one nurse available to deal with this situation? One, one nurse that you couldn't say, oh no, it's, this is going to go against her belief. So we don't want her doing this. So can you take over here? Maybe that's oversimplifying it, but it, I just have a hard time believing that they couldn't have done. It seems more like, you know, I don't know if you've dealt with this or not, but sometimes when you're in, if you're working in a, a, a hospital and you have people in in positions of authority they're they're humans they're people and they have personalities and some of them are a little more aggressive than others and some of them aren't as easy to deal with and some people i think especially if they didn't like the fact that she had that belief and it was well known that she believed well at least it was well known that she didn't want to participate in abortions and maybe somebody really didn't like that about her and then they had the opportunity to kind of make that assignment and try to force her hand yeah that's what i would be wondering about because it just doesn't make sense there there was no other alternative yeah i always like to make sure that people know that in the in the grand scheme of things big picture i am and i'm i feel comfortable letting people know this but i am very much pro-choice all situations should be individual in this individual situation i do side I am leaning to side with the nurse. Well, it's about her right to have her religious beliefs. Exactly. So I'm 
Exactly. And it was well known. It's not like, oh, surprise. No, 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 no. Just today. No, she knew. The hospital knew. The nurse mm-hmm. manager knew. Everyone yeah. knew. To me, it's a, it's a very slippery slope if you start picking and choosing what you're going to let someone believe. And I, my thing is, if it's not hurting someone else, then you should be free to have your beliefs. Exactly. So that's our In the News segment. And now we'll go to the bad nurse story. The bad nurse. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I love when we do these bad nurse stories from, like, the history. But this one is, like, real recent. And that's, I don't know, maybe that makes I... me feel a different type of way. But, like, it feels so close to home. Were you surprised at how recent it really was? Because I cannot believe that this happened. This happened in January of this year. This is the story of Grant Amato. He was a registered nurse. So Grant Amato was born May 20th, May 20th, 1989. He graduated from high school in 2007. This was in Florida. This happened in, in of Florida. Of course it happened in Florida. <laughs> well, doesn't everything, it's either Boston or Florida. Everything happens in Boston or Florida. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's either Boston or Florida. Yes. So anyway, he had a, a high school sweetheart for four years. But other than that, he says he didn't really have any serious girlfriends. He went to the University of Central Florida and graduated with a Bachelor of Science degree in nursing in August of 2011. This is a relatively, well, it's a very recent story. He started working on an intermediate care unit, and that's where he worked. He worked there for five years, so he was very well established in his nursing career there. Mm-hmm. Then he decided he wanted to go to CRNA school. Now, this is what kind of is sort of surprising to me because I don't know of a CRNA school where I live that would allow you to go to their school only having worked on a, a intermediate care. If I wanted to go to CRNA school, I would have to transfer to a unit for like a year, maybe even two. Yeah, I know. And I'm pretty sure that's a big prerequisite into getting into CRNA school that you need a specific amount of years or hours in ICE, uh, intensive care. So... I don't know. Florida is different, man. Florida is different. <laughs> Floridians do whatever the crap they want to do. They, they don't they really follow do. the rules. It's Florida. Live they life, got the baby. beach. They've got the sun. <laughs> they don't have to listen to us. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so he did get into CRNA school. His brother Cody was a nurse as well. And he started CNRA school at the exact same time. They went to the classes together. They sat next to each other. They studied together. But Grant, who the story is about, he got kicked out. I think he, in his version of the story, he would say he kind of stopped going or dropped out. Yeah. That's his take on things. But he really got kicked out because of some issue that happened with some medications that went missing at his work. So up until this point in the story, Mm -hmm. outside of the fact that right from the get, we both told y'all that we have no interest in caring (laughs) for this human being. But if you didn't know that we felt that way, up to this point of the story, he has a very focused, streamlined nursing career, right? You would Mm -hmm. think this guy has a plan and he knows what he's doing and here things start to topple over. Yeah, they really do. He, so he didn't make it in CRNA school, but he did rack up $100,000 in student loan debt. So that really stinks. It's it's bad enough to know you're going into debt to get that master's degree, but to not finish and get the degree and then have that debt, that's got to be that's got to be rough. Yeah. So, I mean, and in 2019, I'm not I, I mean, I don't 
you guys know I don't like Mr. Grant here, but in 2019, $100,000 in student loan debt sounds, especially if you're going for your master's or higher ed, more education, sounds about right. I mean, it's it's crazy to say, but going to school these days ain't cheap. And it sucks, like you said, to come out without. Yeah, and master's degree, master's degree programs are expensive. Very, very expensive. So he and his brother were into anime, and apparently <laughs> Tina's not a anime enthusiast i knew <laughs> i knew the word that was pretty much it i thought go. i was pretty sure it was a cartoon yes apparently it's japanese i did not know that and it they talk in japanese uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with subtitles i can't yes. imagine yes i'm sorry i don't want to offend anyone so they went to went, they went to japan now this is after he lost his job so he lost his job because there was some incident that happened where some employees, he was working at a place called Advent Health, and I guess they must have done some sort of surgical procedures here in the area where he worked because there was there were vials of propofol that he was um, that he ha- that was available to him, um, and they went missing, and some of the, his coworkers noticed it, and they you know were re- reporting that after investigating it that he was fired because of it because there was no reason for for him to for it to be, to be gone, and it was when he was there working. So then he doesn't have a job. He's being investigated for this. And then his brother, in the meantime, graduated from CRNA school and he was actually working. He talked about his brother showing him his pay stub at the end of the year and how much he was making. And because he was making, he was bringing home over $150,000 a year as a CRNA at the, at the end of the, the end of the year. And that's after taxes. So, yeah. And I literally just, I literally also just did a story on how much nurse practitioners get paid, mm-hmm. right? Like their average salary. And CRNAs, like, oh, y'all out there that are CRNAs, y'all are making that money. Yeah. That's real money. Yes. Yeah, they can make a lot of money. So he, his brother funded his trip to Japan because he wasn't working. He didn't have uh, the money to go. Oh, that's nice of him. Yeah. It, apparently his brother was nice. But <laughs> right, sadly, he missed that gene somehow. So he's fired from his job, is out of work for six months, and then his mom and dad discovered that he had been in a relationship with a woman on the internet. Okay, so th- this woman is from Bulgaria, and she was a cam model, and he would have to pay to get to talk to her. So he would put in his credit card information that he stole from his dad, and pay by the minute to talk to this woman and you know she's beautiful she's she's beautiful but he's paying her and he thinks she's his girlfriend i don't know right yeah i was i was literally about to say that i was about to say tina you said he had a relationship but this is a this is a transaction that's not a relationship this has this is not a two-way street. This is just homeboy mm-hmm. falling head over heels for a lady yeah. who does this for a living. Right. And she's obviously very good at it. Yes. Because she convinced him <laughs> that they were in a relationship, even though, you know, at some point, if they if she really did care about him, she could have clearly said, oh, I don't have to charge you anymore. We can... There's a ways of talking across, you know, the pond here <laughs> without you without charging you. But... She literally never did that. 
No, but no, Tina, Tina, I have, z there is zero, zero blame going to Mrs. Bulgaria. This is her business. He knew what she, he was getting into. Why would she say all of a sudden, oh, please stop because I have feelings. No, this is her job. This is what she's doing. You know what you're getting yourself into. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, mom and dad found out about it. They said, okay, you have a problem, clearly. And the reason that they said this is that he had spent over $200,000 in phone calls and, and conversations with this woman. $150,000 of that was from his mom and dad and then like 60000 from his brother that he stole. That's insane. It's not like he asked yeah. them for the money or they just provided it for them for to him willingly. He he stole their credit cards and I don't know how, somehow got access to their accounts when his dad found out about it. And I, I would imagine this happened in a, you know very quickly. It was probably... Right. I mean, it had to have been. Otherwise, how could he have not known? I was trying to do the math on this. Mm -hmm. And unless homegirl is charging like an absurd amount per minute, he must have been on the phone or I mean, on these cam girl conversations with her for like hours a day for it to come to that much. That's so yeah. much money, Tina. I know. But he didn't have a job. Can you imagine? He had all the time in the world. <laughs> <laughs> They're talking to this girl. <laughs> Tina ain't playing today. <laughs> so anyway, his dad said, okay, you're going, you clearly have a problem. You yes. need to go to rehab. So he sent him to a um, an addiction program. And while he was there, Grant said that the therapist just said, you know, you really don't need to be here. You're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. So he left early. That's what um, Grant said, though. Right. Right. That's it's not like, said. okay. So Grant left the rehab program. And when he got home, he started talking to this girl again. And I think that his mom kind of knew. I think she sort of enabled him a little bit. He, I think he sort of convinced his mom that he was in a relationship and that he needed to, he couldn't just end it immediately like that. And he was really mad because his parents or his dad told this girl that he wasn't really very wealthy he he was driving around his dad's bmw taking pictures of himself with money and he said he was an online gamer and that's how he made his money so his mom he he told his mom you know i i'm I'm, in, I'm really in a relationship. I can't just end this relationship. And so I think she was trying to, to help him out. And but his dad found out about it and he was furious. Of course. Yeah, of course. And by the way, homeboy's living a real fantastical life. He's an online gamer, driving around in a BMW, $200,000 worth of cam girl time. This dude is living some kind of crazy life for someone who doesn't have a job. Who, in their right mind, Wants to make up any, you can be anything in the world. If you're going to lie to somebody about what you do, you're going to lie and say you're an online gamer. What? Please. Yeah. He's obviously not stable. Yeah. Obviously. So his dad gets mad and he's like, you're, you're out of the house. I, I'm not dealing with this anymore. And so he kicked him out. He leaves that night and this is on a Thursday night. He left. So I'm going to tell you Grant's version of what happened. And so, like I said, this is Grant's version of what happened. So his father kicks him out of the house. He left. He went driving around. It was, according to him, it was it was midnight. And he went driving around. He went to pub, the public's parking lot. And he changed clothes in the car because he had an interview the next morning. 
He went in for the interview that morning. I think he said it was around nine o'clock. He said it went well. And then when he left there, he said he went back to their house and drove by because he was considering going in. And then he decided not to. So he kind of drove by and just thought, well, should I go in? And then thought better of it and, and went on. And he said he just kind of drove around a little bit that day. And then he went to a hotel and he got a hotel room. Okay. That was his version of what happened. That's what he says happened. Now, meanwhile, back at the ranch, literally, because this was like, they lived on this real like sprawling property in Florida, sort of rural area. And they had had this big, large, beautiful home. And his mother kept horses, but not just any horses. She kept horses that had been neglected or injured in racing. Yeah. She was a wonderful, wonderful person. So... She just had, you know, this huge heart for... That's amazing. Yeah. Good for her. Good for her. So, on January 25th, Grant's mother, Margaret Amato, who was 61 at the time, his father, Chad Amato, who was 59, and his older brother, Cody Amato, who was 31, were found dead in their home. They all had been shot, and Margaret Amato was the first one to die according to the way that the police when they sort of in their investigation and they could sort of tell somehow that she was the the first one to die she was shot once in the head while she was sitting at um, a desk at her computer in her office she worked from home chad amato was shot twice in the head shortly after he got home from work and then the last person was cody amato the middle son so he had an older Grant had an older brother and then Cody and then Grant was the youngest and the older brother was not living in the home he was uh, living somewhere else so kind of really not as connected so so everything I read when I was doing this and even says here in your notes that he killed him specifically his mom Margaret execution style yeah which like when you hear that, like you think of like these like drug lord kingpins doing like hits on like you think of like super intense violent crimes, mm-hmm. just like and I, and it just it hurts it hurts to even like see and hear. Um, but the thing that like really I find to be absolutely nuts is he kills his mom and then he's just hanging around the house, just hanging around the house with his mom dead at her computer desk waiting for his dad to come home and then he kills his dad and then he's just waiting around the house for his brother. This is some cold-hearted, I don't, Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to wrap your mind around someone that would do something this insane. I completely agree. I, I, it's really hard to understand. Later on that day, because Cody, the 31-year-old son, his, he had a girlfriend at the time. She said that Cody had actually said to her that he was afraid Grant was going to kill all of them because of all of this stuff that had been going on. This had Their whole family had been in turmoil for the past year or so because of all of this, because of this behavior of stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars and just acting so erratic and losing his jobs. and just It sounds like the entire family was all taking care of this guy mm-hmm. and he was just taking advantage of every single one of these family members. Yeah, that's right. Because even when he was arrested for the, stealing the medication, they stood up for him. They, of course. They helped get him out of jail. They helped cover up for him, whatever they needed to do. So, you know, they did... 
interview him. They, they went to and found him at the hotel, took him into the police station and interviewed him for hours. So he never confessed in the entire three hours? No. The prosecutor, they did arrest him and charge him, of course, with the, the murder of his family. And the prosecutor said that Grant had attempted to plant evidence at the scene to make it look like Cody, his brother, did it. And I deliberately, you know, I, I could have started this whole story out making it seem as though, you know, did he do it? Did he not do it? And try to, but I didn't, I don't, I didn't even want to entertain that idea because yes. it's not at all a possibility. There is no Wait, I'm sorry. You said the Cody, the brother that was dead, not his other brother. Yes, because what he was trying to make it look like is that Cody killed his mom and dad and then himself. Oh. And a, and a murder-suicide. Oh. So, and his, the prosecutor said that he, you know, he had created this false persona of himself, being rich and successful, driving at the BMW, working as a professional gamer. And he was just furious with his parents when they found out and then told this Bulgarian cam girl about the lies. And then she knew that he wasn't really who he said he was. He was so upset about that. Yeah, no. Yeah. Homeboy had the motive. He had the plan. He had all of this. Forget about it. Who, who is he trying to kid? Who is this guy trying to kid? So pr- prosecutors think the murder weapon was a handgun owned by Blake Turpin, which was Cody and Grant's best friend. And Turpin testified that he realized the gun was missing in June of this past year. So this happened in January. And then in June, their best friend realized his gun was missing that he normally kept in his bedroom. And so then so he, he starts thinking, wait a minute, there was a time when he was actually alone in my bedroom. So this happened in January of this year of 2019. And then they didn't know where the weapon was. So when this happened, there was a weapon left beside Cody and it had been fired, but it was not the weapon that actually killed them. But it was left next to him. And that's that's how they knew 100% that he Cody obviously did not, even if they had suspected it, it was literally impossible. See, you see, we do this every time, right? But it blows my mind. Like 2019, do you really not think that the investigators are not going to be able to tell that this is not the gun that did the murders? How do you not? How is that something you don't think about if you do want to do commit a horrible crime like this? I really don't know. I, yeah, I don't. These murderers aren't the smartest people. No, right? these these. <laughs> no, they're not. So, yeah, he he plants a different gun, takes the actual murder weapon, and nobody knows where it is. So they didn't. They knew they were not. Those three people were not killed by that gun. So they knew yeah. that no, none of those three people killed the others and then themselves because yeah. there was no murder. The weapon that killed them was not there. So yeah, they knew that if you killed yourself, it would be next to the person that yeah. killed themselves last. It, right? would, so it would have to be ridiculous. Hey, Q, we're in a commercial, so we got to talk fast. Let's do it. OK, so I think I know the answer to this question. But have you ever signed up for a travel nurse agency and immediately regretted it when you started getting all those texts and emails? Sadly, Tina. Yes, I have. OK, well, Trusted Health is a nurse travel agency that's going to change all of that. They make it simple and fast to go online and sign up. And then you immediately start seeing job opportunities that are tailored to your interests. And you can even see the pay. Sounds too good to be true, Tina. Well, the best part is there are no recruiters, no unwanted emails and no unwanted text messages. No recruiters. 
Tina, I'm going to need some help. Where are we going to go if we have all these questions? Right, right. Well, they do have nurse advocates who are there to answer any questions. They'll help guide you through the process, but they're not commission-based, so they're not going to try to pressure you into taking a job that you don't want. Cool beans, cool beans. Well, tell them when to sign up because we're running out of time here. Okay, right, right. So, you guys, if you're even a little curious about travel nursing and you want to help support our little podcast here at Good Nurse, Bad Nurse, please go to www.trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse and follow the steps to completing the sign-up process. It's real important that you complete the whole process for us to get credit, and we would really appreciate the support. Remember to be sure and put forward slash good nurse at the end of the URL when you go to their website so they'll know we sent you there. Trusted Health, they're not just an agency, they're a movement. So then a few months later, Cody and Grant's best friend, Blake Turpin, somehow discovers, wait, I had a, a gun you know, like in his room and probably just didn't, didn't think about it. It didn't, didn't take it out all all the time, didn't use it. And then he realized it wasn't there. And yeah. And then he goes to the police and he's like, they're actually, I have a gun and it's not, it's not where it was. So they're thinking that this is probably the murder weapon. And he also said that there had been a time that Grant had been at his house in his bedroom by himself for at least 10 minutes where he would have time to take the gun, hide it, and then pick it up later mm-hmm. or use it yeah. and, you know, throw it away, right. get rid of it. Exactly. So the defense attorney that was representing Grant said that Blake Turpin, their their best friend, was just manufacturing evidence because he knew that there hadn't been a, mur- a murder weapon found and maybe he was just afraid well, that he wasn't going to get prosecuted if there's no murder weapon. So he was just making it up. That's The defense attorneys, sometimes I kind of have to have a little bit of compassion for them because I know that's their job. Yeah. They have to come up with something, even in this situation, that's so where to me it's so obvious yeah yeah i love if you you can go on youtube and and if you want to see this it's gut-wrenching when when his brother comes in to the interview room the police officers had left and or the investigators whatever you call them they and and grant was just sitting there alone in this little room at this desk just sitting there and then his brother came in and he stood up and his brother hugged him and it was just so emotional and he just said, you know, did did you do this? You know, like, just tell me. And of course, he denied it. He continued to deny it. But you could tell that he, his, his brother was. So he said that there were two crime scene analysts. This is the defense attorney. The, de- the defense attorney said there were two crime scene analysts who didn't process, like, door handles and windows for fingerprints and said that another one manufactured some evidence by omitting from her reports the fact that um, Chad's fingerprints fingerprint was used to unlock his phone. Well, what does it make? I don't even understand that because the prosecutors clearly said that they think that Grant used his father's fingerprint to access his dad's cell phone so that he could have access to his bank account to get money after he was dead. Oh, God. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. He said that... He's still chasing the money after committing like the... <sighs> mm-hmm. Well, and when he left there, he, he did go to... You know, there's always elements of truth in, in these lies. And he did yeah. he did say that when, you know, he went to Publix parking lot and hung out there. Well, he did because they could tell, I guess, from the cell phone pings or whatever, that he was in Publix parking lot. 
and he did he accessed that account and messaged that girl and sent her $600 or, you know, paid $600 to be able to sit there and talk to her from the Publix parking lot after all of this happened. So that's why, oh my God, mm-hmm. $600 for one night of conversation, $600. I mean, I don't even know if it was a whole night. I mean, who knows how, how much, this is crazy for him to have racked really, up oh yeah, $200,000. We're in the wrong <laughs> business queue. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Let me start calling people. Call me $600 a night. Jesus, <laughs> Lord mercy. I'll talk to you about whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> so the uh, defense attorney said there wasn't any blood found on Grant anywhere. And there was a lot of blood at the crime scene, of course. And there was no blood on him. Okay, I don't really understand this. The prosecutor said that this could be attributed to Grant's medical knowledge from having worked as a nurse. What? How? What does that Wait, have to what? do with? Not being able to get any blood on you? I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. Maybe it's just like a distance stand or distance away. I don't know. I, yeah, I really don't like it. That's a really good point because as a nurse, they don't teach you this is what you do to not get blood on you. <laughs> this is not something, there's no course, there's no, no, there's no <laughs> mandatory I, education on how to g- commit a murder. <laughs> I, I don't, I didn't understand that, but it's okay. We've got so much evidence. So the prosecutor thinks that he killed his father and brother because it was like an, a, a retaliation for losing his relationship or from inter- for interfering with his relationship with this uh, woman, but, uh, and that his mother was just sort of there. Okay. To me, I don't really understand that either because I I guess I'm not agreeing with a whole lot of, of the prosecution's theory on this. My theory completely is that he had the thought in his head to do this way before he actually did it. I think that he was thinking of how to get money and, he knew that if his parents were dead, he would have an inheritance. You know, he'd probably get life insurance. He would get whatever money they have. And he also knew that both of them had to be dead in order for him to get any inheritance. And he had to have some way of making it look like, obviously, he didn't do it. So that that's where Cody came in. And also... If Cody is not there, he's not going to be splitting it, splitting the inheritance. And I really think that it was that cold and calculated and that he because otherwise, because, you know, when it, I think that it sort of seems like, well, they got into a fight. If you watch the, the, the interview, the police officers are talking to to him and they're like, did you get in a fight? Was it self-defense? You know, things like that. And I, I realize they're just trying to get up. No, because I think you bring up a really, really, really good point. Right. Because that is. The what you just described, that scenario or the premeditated plan that you just described, mm-hmm. is the only reason someone would kill their mother, wait around, kill their father, wait around, kill their brother. Outside of that, it's all right. I kill my mom, kill my dad, bounce. Like I gotta go, right? Like I gotta go. Um, just wait for. The, but yeah, no, you're right. Kill all three, get the inheritance. Don't have to split it with your brother. Mm-hmm. That would be the only. Um, situation that would make sense if you're trying to find a logical reason to do such a horrible thing. Yeah, to me, that's the only thing that makes sense because he killed his mother first. Yeah, you don't have to do no. that if she. That's not. A, it's not. Yeah, no. The fact that he killed her first, it just to me, it's it just screams premeditation, cold, calculated, wanted the inheritance, 
kill the mother, wait for the dad to get home, kill him. Because he deliberately did it that way so that he would be able to do it one at a time because he knew if they were all there at the same time and he killed one, the others would hear. And so he deliberately did that when his mom was at home by herself and then dad would come and then Cody. That To me, that just makes perfect sense. It sure does. And I just want to tell all of you people listening to the podcast, a huge thing when we do these Skype calls is I get to see Tina's facial expressions when she's... <laughs> And you guys are missing out on quite a few because sometimes she's like, yeah, I'm not buying this BS. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Tina's not about that life today. No, I'm sorry. I was up way too late reading all about this story and I've just yeah. disgusted, honestly. Of course. He's a he's a horrible human being. Yeah. He really is. Just, he really, really is. Yeah. His soul is just totally dark and evil. Yeah. And selfish, like selfish, so selfish. to the core. Exactly. So they did obviously... They're trying him for murder. He's still saying he didn't do it. He did not t uh, take the stand in his own defense because the prosecutor would have ripped him apart, obviously. His story is ridiculous and full of holes. So a jury did unanimously find him guilty on all three counts, the first degree premeditated murder, and then they recommended, they recommended life without parole. They did not recommend the death penalty, like you said, one of them was was the holdout. They pulled all of the jurors, and one of them did not want the, the death penalty, and it was because of that one that he didn't get the death penalty. And so Grant Amato is the judge did give him life. I think the judge was. I think the jury recommends what they want, and then the judge actually gives the sentence, and he sentenced him. Oh, okay. Because there was a sentencing hearing. But he did get life without parole. So he's in prison in Florida. Where he belongs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are we are we ready to not be so doom and gloom and talk about this good nurse? Because my God. <laughs> I think I am. This is a rough case. <laughs> I man. know. I'm ready to get out of this story. It's bad. Yeah. It's so sad. It is a sad story. This good nurse story is amazing, though. I love it. I absolutely love this good nurse story. I do too. And I love we found this video of him telling his own story. <laughs> it was great. Yes. He is awesome. He was like, Oh, yeah. I don't know. It almost looked like he was at a hospital. Right. It's like someone just came in and he had his scrubs on. They were like, Yo, tell me what happened. What's yeah. the deal? And they, he, he, he just, was like, Yo, sit down. I got a couple of minutes. Let's go through it. He just <laughs> sat down there in the, in the lobby uh, of the hospital. It looked like, I don't know for sure, but that. It certainly did look like it. But this nurse was, I guess, he was on his way to work. He said, because in his story, he does a great job of telling the story. He kind of puts you right there. Yeah, He's like, he, yeah. he gets up in the morning and makes his wife coffee and takes it to her. He doesn't drink coffee. Yeah, I knew, Tina, I swear to God, when I was watching the video, I was, Tina's going to notice that. She's going to pick that up. That's the most, that's, that's, that, that right there means they're having a good marriage. That's a good marriage. <laughs> I know. That's amazing. If you I mean, do yeah. that every single morning, you wake up, you make coffee and bring it to her in bed. Yeah. Oh, goodness. That's goals. That's relationship goals right there. That's wonderful. I thought that was so nice. It just tells you what kind of person he is. Because if, exactly. I mean, if you, if you drink coffee and you make it and, and then you just happen to be like, well, Make I'm making it anyway. Cup. Here, here, here you go. Um, <laughs> but if you're, you don't even drink coffee and you're going to make coffee and bringing it to your spouse, that's so sweet. So that, And if it's a daily thing, it's yeah. like this guy, like good for him. I like, I am in love with this nurse. Mm -hmm. I like him. He's yes. wonderful. So he did that. 
headed out for work, he said. Um, he leaves about 5.30 in, in the morning. And then he, on his way to work, he sees there's a crash that happens right in front of him. He kind of, I think he kind of got rear-ended a little bit, you know, like. Collision. Like there was yeah. a multiple car collision. Yeah. And yeah. there was a sheriff's cruiser, I think he said, that was kind of like up against that wall, concrete wall. Uh, mm-hmm. And he got out of his car. He went over. He tapped on the, the police officer's you know, window. And was like, are you okay? And he said, yeah. He was sort of pinned in there, but he, he could see how he could get out, maybe going through the back. And then he checked on another person. And he opened up the doors for for one of the one of the drivers to get out, and they ca- kind of climbed through. And then they were getting out. And then as they were walking, the, there was the the collision that happened, the original collision. And I'm guessing because the uh, truck is driving, and it's probably tried to stop hardcore or something. Mm-hmm. But it's it's like the truck is coming towards all of the people trying to get out of the car mm-hmm. after the crash has happened. So I think it's coming from behind them. Oh, and, but it, right. but it, no, that does make sense. And but it was on its side, right? Because yeah, because I think it must have like tipped over. Or the driver yeah. tried to like stop real hard or something where the actual truck was not on its wheels and it was on the side coming towards him. Yeah, because he said he looked and they could see this. It was a gasoline tanker. He saw the truck sliding toward him, like he saw right? it crash because he said yes. there was a truck tractor trailer on fire coming toward them exactly and they ran in the opposite direction yeah because they they took off running and to get away from it away from this truck sliding into them that was on fire and it was on its side and then as they're running away from it they hear someone yelling for help and so they yeah that's crazy and they turn around and there's a woman kind of like sort of trying to climb out the the now that's on the now it's the top it's really the side door but because yeah. it's on its side, it's the top. She's trying to climb out and she can't. And she's yelling for help. And so he goes back. And this thing is on fire, like blazing fire. Yeah. And re- I'm just reminding y'all, it's it's one of them oil attackers. Yeah. Like oil attackers, like, right? The, so you have to understand it's a fire, it's a crash, yeah. and it's an oil. T- like, this is as like life threatening situation as you can possibly be in. Oh, man. He, the, he ran back toward this tanker on fire, climbed up to it. And then he said that he, he and the other guy, and I believe that was the police officer, they tried to pull her out. But because you can imagine trying to pull someone out and there's nothing, there's no way to get leverage, you know, to be able to right? pull her whole body, all of her weight out of that from down, you know, down in. Exactly. Exactly. So the front windshield was sort of dislodged a little bit from the crash and he said that he got down near it and started kicking it to dislodge it further and then was able to pull it out enough to make a hole so that she could climb through and then she was able to get out and they got out and the three of them start running away from it and then they start hearing all these explosions it's literally something that you would see in a movie where people are running away and things are exploding behind them is it not yeah, i mean this is this is straight straight mm. out of die hard i mean yeah. it is super intense just in the nick of time yep. they crack the window they pull the the lady out leslie out and then as they're running away he says he hears the multiple booms booms which is absolutely insane right it's insane it's insane man this this nurse this guy He's living. 
This is a true hero stuff here. Mm-hmm. I I know, and I loved it. I loved that he just sort of plainly. <laughs> talked about what happened he's just a yeah. great storyteller he just tells the whole Amazing. story but all the little details <laughs> you know about going to work and everything and then um he's just like we ran toward the fire we ran toward the fire i was just like yes you did i <laughs> yes, love it exactly Stop, yes, I, you did run towards the fire yeah all these heroes and they're like oh i'm not really a hero it's just doing my job <laughs> Stop it. See, this is my kind of guy. But like the best part is it's not like he's standing behind some like red tape with like a crowd of people behind him. Like Tina said, he, it looked like he was just sitting at like at his regular old scrubs at yeah. a hospital lobby. And he's telling the story like yeah. it's a real story. It's a, it's yeah. it's the greatest thing. It's the greatest thing. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening at another week. And you can find us at www.goodnursebadnurse.com and at Good Nurse Bad Nurse Podcast on Instagram and GNBM Podcast on Facebook or maybe the opposite of those two. I always get them mixed up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not smart enough to know the difference. Apparently, I can't do it. So, (laughs) sorry. Every week, sorry. You guys have a good week and I just want you to remember that even if you're a bad girl or a bad boy, right, Q? Right. Please be a good nurse. Thank you.